here today, and the Lord settled this on my heart uh, just last night, and um, I pray that it will minister to you. I will tell you right off the bat that um, what I have to say is not very encouraging. Um, it, it, it probably won't fire you up. It probably won't make you shout. And to be quite frank with you, um, I had to really, between last night and this morning, do some deep heart searching uh, in myself before I could stand here today and preach this to you. Um, I was sharing with Brother Jason this morning and, and over breakfast uh, the sad affairs. He and I were going kind of back and forth about the sad affairs, the, st the sad spiritual uh, state of our country and our world. And what's so amazing about the word of God is, is that there is nothing that we go through or that we experience that is new to God's word. If we search and look deep enough, we'll discover that not only will we find the exact same thing, and one of the things that we discussed yesterday, and I hope that uh, as Christians that we can get past this. I try to watch this with my children because it kind of drove me crazy when my mother did it to me, but, and that's talking about these so-called good old days. Uh, we need to understand and remember the good old days ended in the garden. Uh, since Adam sinned in the garden, there were no good old days. I don't care what generation or what time you grew up in, I can show you some very corrupt things that were going on when you were growing up. Amen. And so the bottom line is, is that we understand that that ended then. However, what has happened is, is over time, the corruption has gotten worse and worse and worse. As I said to you before, I am not looking to Washington. My faith is not in a earthly king or an earthly governor to turn things around. The, the, the responsibility, I am convinced, starts right here where I'm standing. It starts with the man of God. I understand that the position and the office that we hold as God's men is far more sacred than any world leader on the face of this earth. That's how seriously I take this. What the president is talking about right now is nothing compared to what God has laid on the hearts of his men for his people. He is not talking about anything. And I would say that whether he's Republican or Democrat, he ain't talking about nothing. You ever heard that saying? He, he's not talking about anything. Amen. And we understand. We understand that corruption and apostasy and spiritual decline is at an all-time high. We see here in the Word of God in the book of Jeremiah, I'm going to get into this in just a moment, but I want you to understand, because I don't have time to deal with the, entire, the entirety of this, but the background of this is, is that this spiritual decline was going on during a time when they had a very, very godly king by the name of Josiah. And in spite of this man's godliness and his godly stand, uh, what was supposed to be God's people were still in a mess. So don't give me this nonsense that if we elect the right person for president, somehow things are going to turn, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no, no way. 
that's not where it starts at all. It starts right here. Amen. Huh? Don't your Bible also say judgment must begin at the house of God? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, y'all come on now. Let's, let's, let's read the Bible. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 9, chapter 2, excuse me, verse 9. Chapter 2, verse 9. Wherefore, I will yet plead with you, saith the Lord, and with your children's children will I plead. For pass over the isles of Chittim and see under Kadar and consider diligently and see if there be such a thing. Hath a nation changed their gods, which are not, which, which are yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this, and horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, saith the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he spoiled? The young lions roared upon him and yelled. They made his land waste. His cities are burned without inhabitant. Lord, have mercy. Also the children of Noph, Thyphanes, have broken the crown of thy head. Thou hast not procured this unto thyself, and that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, when he led thee by the way. And now, what hast thou to do the way of Egypt to drink the waters of Shehor? And what hast thou to do in the way of Assyria to drink the waters of the river? Thine own wickedness shall correct thee. Thy backsliding shall reprove thee. Know therefore and see that is, that is an evil thing and bitter that thou hast forsaken the Lord thy God, that my fear is not in thee, saith the Lord God of hosts. For of old time have I broken thy yoke, burst thy bands. Thou sayest, I will not transgress when, when upon every high hill and under every green tree thou wanderest playing the harlot. Yet I had planted a Plant thee a noble vine, holy a right seed. How then art thou turned into the degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? For though thou wast with, with nitre and, 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 and take thee much soap, yet thine iniquity is marked before me, saith Lord. In other words, listen, it ain't going to do you no good just to clean up the outside and get clean on the surface. See, God said, look, I, I see beyond all that. See, see, there comes a time we'll get halfway convicted, and then we'll try to start doing right for a few days, and we clean ourselves on the surface. But God said, no, wait a minute, no, that's not good enough for me. See, I, I preached last week <coughs> out of Psalm 51 and how the psalmist said, Lord, you desire truth in the inward parts. See, outward conformity and things that I'm supposed to be doing anyway that's not enough for the Lord. 
See, the Lord wants from me and from you that are his people, he wants inward truth. See, I don't just want you, Lord, to cleanse me from the things that I'm doing outwardly, but Lord, I need you to cleanse me from my secret faults. Because, see, I'm so messed up, there are times I'm messed up and don't even know it. But, Lord, you know it. Amen. You know it, Lord. See, when it comes to others, oftentimes we're very, very good judges, aren't we? Yeah. But when it comes to us, we become very good defense attorneys. Sure we do. Amen. Now, you got to understand God remembers my frame. He knows that I am but just dust. That's true. But why don't you have that same attitude toward the other guy? Amen. You, you sitting here talking about God ought to judge him. But when it comes to you, amen. Is that not what David did? When Nathan gave him that parable about the, the, the man that had the one little ewe lamb and the man that had more sheep than he could number, remember that? And when he gave him the parable and David got wroth and David got angry and said, that man should die. And the man of God looked at him and said, thou art the man. Oh, he sure pivoted then, didn't he? Oh, God, have mercy upon me according to thy love. Amen. That's just how we are now. And this is a man after God's own heart. But for the sake of time. This really convicted me. Skip down to verse number 32, and then I'll, I'll get to where we're going. Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. Days without number. Lord, be in my help today. I'm going to preach today on the willfulness of sin and rebellion. And God's people need of repentance. Father, thank you for your grace and mercy. I thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, what I have to say today, as you've already spoken it to me, Lord, I want to convey this to your dear people today that what I have to say goes just as much for me as it does anybody sitting here. And Lord, my prayer is today is that you would help us all. Because Lord, just like the world, we have fallen asleep. Just like the parable you gave us, Father, about the virgins, five were wise and five were foolish. But Lord, the Bible says they were all asleep before the bridegroom came. And Lord, when we're asleep, we're vulnerable. When we're asleep, we're susceptible to attacks from the enemy. And Lord, help us to awaken out of our sleep. For as the scripture teaches us, our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Father, let the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, be found acceptable in your sight. Lord, what I've prepared on this paper is but vanity. Unless you touch me, unless you help me. Lord, I pray you help us all today. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah's ministry lasted 
over 40 years to the southern kingdom of Judah during King Josiah's reign. Josiah was one of the last good kings. And as I said to you at the outset, in spite of Josiah's well-intentioned well reforms, it could not stem the tide of the kingdom's apostasy. The downhill slide of the nation continues through four godless kings. And as I was sharing with Brother Jason over, the, over breakfast this morning, you can go and find the most conservative person that's ever been in the White House, and you can put him in the White House this next election, and you and I already know what's going to happen. As soon as there's a pivot in the White House, there'll be another pivot in Congress, and, and things will be pretty much business as usual. You know, you guys will say amen. I don't care what they tell you on Fox News now. I'm telling you amen. That's just the truth. One, one, one pivot will cause another pivot. And no matter how conservative that man is, no matter how, how, how close to God he might be, he'll be fighting a, 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 a liberal Congress that'll keep his hands tied and it'll be business as usual. The answer is not there, ladies and gentlemen. The answer is right here. You and I, who are God's people, who have laid in bed with the world and gone asleep just like the world has and are not standing a, a, a stepping across the line of demarcation as Moses drew the line in the sand and said, declared, hey, who is on the Lord's side? That's what God is calling us to today. The responsibility lies on the shoulders of you and I that name the name of Jesus Christ. You see... Jeremiah's ministry, during Jeremiah's ministry, the people perverted the worship of the Lord and the worship of the true God and gave themselves over to spiritual and moral decay. We understand, uh, even from the Ten Commandments, and by the way, it doesn't matter whether they're at the courthouse or in the schoolhouse. I, I, I don't waste time fighting over that. Because where I really see a lack of it is, is on the hearts of God's people. Amen. Where is it on the hearts of man? And, and, and by the way, I hope you understand it. And I'm not saying today, and, and most importantly, the scripture, even in the book of Exodus and in the book of De Deuteronomy, never ever even came close to suggesting that by keeping the commandments, men were going to be justified. You will find that nowhere in the Bible. As a matter of fact, when the Ten Commandments were given, they had already crossed over the Red Sea. And before they did that, you know what happened first? There was a Passover. Amen. The blood of an innocent animal was applied to the doorpost of those that had faith in the Lord. And they came out, hallelujah, by the blood. It has always been by the blood. Amen. And so, therefore, once God delivered them out of the house of bondage, once God delivered them uh, from the, 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 the tyranny of Pharaoh in Egypt, he delivered them, which was what? A type of salvation. Is that not what he said to Moses? Huh? Is that not what he impressed Moses to say to the people? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. You've got nothing to do with it, buddy. 
This is all on me. Amen. Salvation is of the Lord. <coughs> I tell you, it kind of bothers me the way salvation is being presented today. It really, really does. I mean, we almost act as if we have something to sell when we go to tell people about Jesus. We're trying to almost act like salesmen. Now, can I share the gospel with you today? Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. No, we have nothing to sell. The price has already been paid. The, 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 the redemptive work has already been done. And all I'm telling you today is, is listen, the bottom line is <coughs> there has always only been one way to get saved. It has always been by grace through faith. Amen. The Bible tells us that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And in the book of Hebrews, what do we find? We find that what? By faith, Noah being warned of God, moved with fear and prepared an ark to the saving of his house. It has always been by grace through faith. Amen. God says, but listen, as my people, this is what I expect of you. The first four commandments have to do with your relationship with me. And number one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Amen. None. And there is way too much competition being thrown in the face of God today by his people. I ain't got time to name them, but I could. Amen. We just like the world. Amen. NCAA tournament, derby, NBA playoffs. Amen. We just wrapped up as mess as they are. Oh, man. How many did LeBron get last night? Can't even wait to get to our telephones in the morning. Ain't read no Bible. Ain't prayed nothing. What's going on? Lord, have mercy. I mean, years ago, I remember years ago, people used to preach about the television. I got news for you, friend. This thing right here, this is taking way more time from people than the TV ever did. A amen, Brother Bell. You telling it right? Yeah. We don't need God. We got Google, so we don't need God. We ain't asking, we ain't asking God nothing anymore. What does Google say? People get sick. They waste all their time Googling everything. Man, take your behind to the doctor. Well, well no, Brother Bill. I, I, I thought you were talking about trusting the Lord. Did not Jesus say the sick need a physician? Amen. Yeah, I mean, we, we sitting here. We consult that thing for everything now. Don't have to pray. Because we believe that some answers that have been computerized by man in a device has all the answers for whatever we will need. And we no longer open up our Bible. We don't get on our knees anymore. And we're not asking God anything. And it is no wonder you see the corruption we have today in our world. Let me move on. <clears throat> First four have to do with God. Amen. No graven images. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. And remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Oh, the things I could say there, but I'll, I'll move on. 
The last six have to do with man's relationship with man. And we understand if there is spiritual decay, there will be moral decay. You hear what I'm saying to you today? Amen. I'm sorry, brother. I'm not, I'm not trying to tear it up now, okay? I'm not. Amen. Amen. I know people get Pastor's eyes got big, and I thought the man was going to ask me to step outside. And I was like, Lord, have mercy. So I, I'm not trying to tear it up now. Believe me, I ain't, I ain't trying to tear it up now. But wherever there is spiritual decline, you mark it down. <coughs> whether you're talking about your personal life, whether you're talking about the church, or whether you're talking about the nation. See, moral decline does not happen first. Spiritual decline happens first. When we walk away from God, and when God no longer becomes our priority, and when God no longer has the preeminence in our lives, it will not be long before that will lead to moral decline. And even in some independent Baptist churches, a dear friend of mine informed me about two years ago that in an independent Baptist church near him, a same-sex wedding was performed. It didn't happen that day. What happened was, is months <coughs> and years before that decision was made, there was a spiritual decline. People were moving away from God, and especially in the pulpit. And so what happened was, is the further we got away from God, the closer we got to moral decline, and now you can hardly tell right from wrong, even in the house of God. Because remember now, this message is to God's people. These are people who should know better. See, these lost people out here have nothing to do with what I'm talking about right now. Amen. I, look, you're talking about same-sex marriage and racism and all that. I, I, that's what I expect of the world. I don't expect anything of this world out here. I'm not getting ready to sue somebody because they offend me because of the color of my, I ain't getting ready to get into all that. I expect that from the world. Somebody called me that work that starts with an N, they ain't nothing but a name. Big deal. They ain't nothing but a name. Hey, you can call us that so long and we can call each other that so long, you gotta think of a new word to offend me. Amen. But I expect that of the world, but not of the brethren. Amen. No, not of Christians. But what? We have become just like them. And that's what the prophet is trying to get to through to the, 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 the people of Judah here. <coughs> You're acting just like the world. See, and the saddest part of it all is these people refuse to repent or even to listen to God's prophet. The cure can only, be come, it can only come by divine means. And for the faithfulness of Jeremiah, you know how he was rewarded? I told my boys on our way to breakfast this morning, let me tell you something. I want you to love Jesus with all your heart. 
I want you to serve him. But when it comes to this matter of the ministry, my son Mark, he was, he was blown away, Miss Diane, by some of the things you were sharing with us last night. And when you talking about Brother Jack, so let me tell you something. That's the only thing that's going to keep you going sometimes is you knowing that you are where God called you. Because a lot of times that's all you're going to have. That is it. And I tell young men all the time, my own young men, anybody else aspiring for the ministry. The one thing you better know, son, is that God has called you. Because there are going to be days, a whole lot of days, when that will be the only thing that can sustain you. If you think you're going to become popular, if you think you're going to become well-known, and all you're going to do is travel the country and sign Bibles and everybody, and you become some Baptist hero, listen, you are in the wrong business. That's not what this is about at all. Most of the time, you are going to have to stand up with the word of God and deliver a message that most people really are just not going to want to hear. Jeremiah was rewarded by opposition, by beatings, by isolations, and imprisonment. And this is still how the man of God is being treated today. Huh? These men of God back in the Bible times, what did they suffered? They suffered. They endured hardship for the very God <coughs> who called them. Jesus told his disciples, as I was in the world, so will you be. And it does not mean that I go out looking for trouble. You don't have to. You don't have to at all. You'll be surprised. You don't even have to hit any of the controversial subjects. All you have to do today is tell people that Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. And buddy, you have started something. But what else am I going to tell them? I mean, I, I mean, am I going to now compromise with the world and tell them? Well, now, now, listen, now, now, uh, now, I, 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 I follow Jesus, but uh, you know, whoever you think God is, I mean, now, 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 if 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 you just be faithful to that, you know, everything. Will be, no, I'm sending that person to hell. Jesus is not the best way. He's not the best option. He's not the good choice. He's the only one. <coughs> you see, people didn't want to hear it. So here's this young man, this young preacher, about 20 years old, when God first sends him to Judah. And for 40 years, he's preaching his heart out, crying his eyes out to a group of stiff-necked unrepentant, hard-hearted people. Paul told young Timothy, let no man despise thy youth, but be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, faith, and purity. You're not going to be met with a positive response. Most of the time, it's going to be negative. As the word of God tells us in the book of 2 Chronicles, but they mocked the messengers of God. They despised, his, they despised his words and misused his prophets till the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. 
As God's people, we don't have the option to obey God's word or disobey God's word just because we decide we don't like it. And people today are willfully in rebellion to God and his word and not wanting to repent. Let me give you an example. Hold your place in Jeremiah and go with me to the New Testament. Let me show you something. See, because you know what I hear all the time? What I always hear is, is, well, see, you know, Brother Bell, if you just have a little bit more Christ-likeness about you, you know, hey, look, if you tell me I need to be more Christ-like, you have called my number. You won't get no argument out of me. Amen, oh me, you, hey, you just busted me, yes. Amen. Yes, I need to be more like Jesus. But, but, but if you're talking about I need to be more like who you think Jesus is, oh, you can have that. Uh-uh. Notice if you would in Luke chapter number 12. Luke chapter number 12. Luke, I'm sorry. Now watch this. And that servant, which knew his Lord's will, and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit such things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto, him, for unto, unto whomsoever much is given, of him much shall be required. And to men, and to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. All I'm simply saying to you is this. Listen, you have to understand, no one loved people more than Jesus did. No one had more compassion than our Lord did. No one had a bigger heart for people than Jesus did. But yet I read in my Bible, amen, that, that what? In John chapter number 6 and verse number 66, that at that same Many turned back and walked no more with him. And Jesus didn't get desperate. Turn around to the disciples and say, oh, wait a minute, we're all right. We'll just have Bozo come in and help us next week. Oh, no. He asked them, were they leaving too? Hmm? Huh? You leaving too? Are you going to go? You see everybody else leaving. Where does that leave you? Peter got it right. Lord, to where are we going to go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. Amen. Amen. And, and I'll tell you, we are living in a time and in a generation where people are likened to, uh, they want their religion, they want their preaching, they want it all light. <coughs> I'll never forget one time I was invited to what I thought was a church. And so, against my better judgment, I went. Because I'd heard about this brother, and he was a good brother when he started out. Had a lot of people behind him. And brother Jason, people all over that area, northern Kentucky and Ohio, invested thousands of dollars in this young man. I mean, good-looking, articulate, could handle the scriptures, Preach with good content. I, I mean, if, if anybody had the gift, this brother had it, we thought. And so finally, I was able to hook up with him. And I walk in, and they were renting out a, the auditorium of some 
school over there in Ohio somewhere. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But when I walked in, I mean, all the lights were dimmed and it was dark. There was no pulpit. It was a stage. And there was no choir because they had a, a rock band there. And all these strobe lights and all this other stuff. And then I watched a man walk down the aisle that I thought was probably a custodian or something else. And he walks up and he's the pastor. To make it worse, some old phony version of the scripture. <coughs> Using all this worldly vernacular. And when it's all said and done, no one could be pointed to Jesus. But when they walked out of there, whew, wasn't this wonderful? And, and on top of that, I'll never forget one time we were lock, knocking at a young lady's door and she had been to church with us. And she thought that, uh, you know, she was going to insult me one day. You know, in other words, going to kind of give me the business. Said, you know what, now, you know, I like you all and everything, but see, you've got to understand something. I've got to have a church that I can feel. Really? No, what you're saying is, is that you want to be entertained. I am not an entertainer. I am a preacher. I'm a minister of the gospel. I don't care about entertaining you. My business as a shepherd is feeding God's sheep. That is what I'm to do. The reason why you couldn't feel this is because what I had was for God's sheep. <laughs> Amen. See, God has to do a work in your heart. And change your heart. Amen. Take that heart of stone out of you and put a heart of flesh in you and give you new desires. It's called being born again. Amen. I didn't run to preaching before I was saved. I didn't run to the gospel before I was saved. I didn't run to camp meetings before I was saved. I didn't run to revival meetings before I was saved. I didn't want to be around it. <coughs> But when God saved me, God gave me a desire, amen. When I was in the world, I was in the world. I never walked around with one of these. Huh? And now that I'm in Christ, my question for myself this morning, why do I feel like I need so much from the world now? Amen. Don't get mad at me. I told you. I had to ask myself these questions. The Lord spoke to me about you uh, just, just recently. I was sharing with Brother Jason this morning. In my family, my immediate family and my extended family. I don't know about you, but since about 2016, there has been a strong wave of death that has not let up and since 2016, just about every nine months, it seems like I'm getting together with my extended family over somebody's body. That's just me. Some of them had cancer. They didn't even discover until it was in stage four or whatever that is. And I thought about it and I said, I wonder what I would want what would I be doing if I went to the doctor tomorrow and he told me that I had stage four cancer, it was unoperable, and there was nothing they could do? What would I want? 
Well, the Final Four and the NBA playoffs and the Derby wouldn't mean much then, would it? No. The movies wouldn't mean much then. Amen. Amen. Conservative talk radio wouldn't mean much then. This definitely wouldn't mean much then. No. I would want to get in my Bible. I would want to pray and seek the Lord as much as I possibly could. I would want godly music playing around me. So my mind and my heart could be thinking on God and getting my heart ready to, to, to go and meet with him. I'm not worried about whether I'm saved or not, but listen, you got to understand something. That's what would be important to me. And the Lord seemed to say to my heart, well, son, why are you not doing those things now? Because this could end any time. Amen? Yeah. Anytime. Right here. I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. <coughs> Just last week. Got the obituary of a young lady that was in our ascending church over in Hamilton, Ohio. Was killed out there on I-75. On her way home from work, got out of her car because she had a flat tire and was in a construction zone. And so that's why she got out of the car. And one of the workers, because it, it was night, but they were out there because you know how they do. They work at night because they... Feel like the traffic is a little bit, you know. And the the the, the head guy, or foreman, or whatever he might have been, said, "No, no, no, honey, come come on over here because you're in danger." And just as she was starting to walk toward the man that told her to get out of the way of 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 of, of, of danger, here comes somebody weaving in and out of traffic, who couldn't wait, who had to get to where they were going just like that for whatever reason, and met her head on. <clears throat> Just this past week, we buried her, 20 years old. 20. Mom and dad, of course, tore up, crying. I said, Lord, when I think about this thing, and I realize it makes me understand, just like David, when he said, Lord, Make me to know that mine end and to measure my days, what it is that I might know how frail I am. David said as he was fleeing Saul, and he said, uh, there is but a step between me and death. And that day is waiting on all of us. Meanwhile, as God's people, we are sidetracked. We have gotten new gods now. And we have forsaken the true and living God. Now, you say, no, Brother Bell, no, 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 not me. Look, look, look. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have. Hmm? You want to talk about the likes of Spurgeon and Moody and all that? I got news for you. The men wouldn't even fellowship with us today. They look at us about the same way we look at the Southern Baptists. Uh, amen. Yeah. Wouldn't even fellowship with us. But the bottom line is, is God has promised his people, back to our text, he has promised his people. And this is what really convicted me. 
that the sin that they are involved in will affect, will, will affect future generations. Future generations are going to be affected by this sin. God says, I'm pleading with you, I'm pleading with your children, and I'm pleading with your children's children. And, and, and probably the reason why the Lord has given me these grandchildren right now is so that I, too, won't fall into this old worldly thinking. You know, it goes a little something like this. Now, I didn't raise my kids. Now, we went to church. I taught them the scriptures. You know, we prayed. We had our family devotions. We homeschooled. So it's time for me and mama to have a good time now. Don't bring them bad kids over. I ain't babysitting nothing. Lord, have mercy. These God's people talking like this. Are you nuts? If all God wanted you to do was just raise your children, don't you think he'd have taken you to heaven when your children got grown? You're still here for a reason. It's not over when I raise my children. See, when those grandbabies come, oh, what a precious thing it is. I'm a grandpa now. Yeah, I see why they call it that, because it's grand. It is. Huh? Is that right, Miss Diane? It's grand. Yeah, it is. Oh, but when you get through smiling, when you get through taking those pictures, when you get through asking people to ask me about my grandchildren, guess what? Hey, big boy, here's another generation. No, it's not your responsibility to raise them. It's not your responsibility to provide for them. But it is your responsibility to keep holding the line, to keep setting the standard, to keep setting the example. Amen. One grandbaby I have, I have the blessed privilege of sharing that grandchild with another pastor. And I've, if I've told him once, I've told him a hundred times, brother, you have no idea how honored I am to be able to share a grandbaby with you. That no matter what side that child goes on, she does not have to worry about grandpa and grandma cussing and drinking beer and, and saying things that little children shouldn't be hearing. Amen. But thank God there's a praying grandma and grandpa on one side and there's a praying grandpa and grandma on another side. Because what we do does not just affect us. See, no man is an island. And God says, listen, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to your children. And I'm speaking to your grandkids. It's time for you to get it together. <coughs> Why? Well, as you know, Abraham lied about Sarah. Isaac lied about Rebekah. Jacob lied to his father, pretending to be Esau. <coughs> Jacob's sons lied to him about Joseph. And Jacob encouraged his sons to lie about Benjamin. What are we really teaching our children? Hmm? Morally, we are so messed up. But you know what? Lying doesn't really bother us anymore, does it? No. No, man. We, <laughs> we got so desensitized. For all the, you know, sexual immorality, 
that something as egregious in God's eyes as lying don't even really bother us. Lord, have mercy. What sure bothers the Lord? And I understand. I have to understand, and you have to understand that what we do is not going to just affect our children. But as the scripture says, that those sins of the father do visit the children unto the third and the fourth generation. And you say, Brother Bell, well, why does he just say the third and fourth generation? I'll tell you why. Because in the scriptures, you got to understand something. Whenever there was a move of God, and whenever they sought revival, when it came time to repent of their sins, they didn't just repent of their sins. What else did they do? They repented of what? The sins of their fathers. Because they understood that where we are now didn't just start now. As we say in the country, it started way back yonder. So we got to go back and dig all that up and say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I may have not even been born when this happened, but Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming to you right now. And I'm asking you, this generational curse that has gone on in our family for years, in the name of Jesus Christ, I am asking you, let it stop right here. Because if not, after that fourth generation, if there is no repentance, you know what ordinarily happens? God cuts that family line off. Hmm? You don't believe me? Where are the Hittites today? Where are the Jebusites today? Where are the Perizzites today? If there was no mention of them in Scripture, you would have even known these people ever, ever existed on the face of this earth. But we're asleep. We're asleep. We're in bed with the world. He said, my people have have done two egregious things. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting right here. I, I'm just going to have to stop. I'm not going to take Brother Jason's advice and preach his life. There's much more to this, but I, 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 I realize. But notice in verse 13, he says, for my people have committed two evils. My people have committed two evils. What have they done? Verse 13. They have forsaken me. That's number one. Number one, they've turned their backs on me. They've left me. Just like Jesus said in the book of Revelation, you left your first love. You've turned your back on me. I no longer have the preeminence. I no longer am first place. You have forsaken me because you definitely can't say God has forsaken you. Amen. It's just like the illustration of the man and the woman riding in the truck together. And they got that bench seat. And the wife's over there by the door now. And she looks over at her husband and says, yeah, you know, when we first got married, we used to ride a whole lot closer together. And that man just driving that truck said, well, honey, I ain't going nowhere. You decide to sit way over there. I'm in the same seat I was in when we first got married. 
And that's where God is. God is right there where he was when he saved us. When he redeemed us, when he called us his children. He has not moved. It is you and I that have moved. It is you and I that have wandered away. And all I'm telling you is, is listen, in the name of Jesus, it is time to come home. It's time to get back to God, not our nation, the church. Hmm? Haven't you noticed how everything has gone to Sunday except the church? Hmm? All your flea markets are on Sunday. All your best sales are on Sunday. All your biggest deals can be found on Sunday. Everything has gone to Sunday except the church. And it don't really seem to bother us. Up our way, they tell them, you know, you bring your church bulletin in here, we'll give you a little discount. Huh? When you come in here and eat with us. Hey, listen, ladies and gentlemen. All I'm simply saying today is, is the world has way too much influence in here rather than the way it's supposed to be. The influence should start in here and reach out there. That's all I'm saying. You've forgotten me. And then on top of that, you've hewn out cisterns. In other words, those are idols. You've taken up idols which are broken and can hold no water. In other words... Those things that have taken the place of God, you can't pray to them. They can't help you. Amen? Oh, I sure, you of K Wildcats, they ain't never loved you back. Hmm? When you're thinking about that wayward child of yours, you go down to the Lexington and tell Calipari about it. See, see, see if he's going, hey, hey, oh, come on now. Amen. Oh, I love the Louisville Cardinals. I love it. What are you talking about? That's not where our allegiance is. No. That's not going to do a doggone thing for me when I need answered prayer, when I need my children to be saved. When I need my grandchildren to be saved, when, I, when I'm praying for my wife or, or, or someone who's sick in my family, the prayer request, you all uh, uh, came out, amen. What in the world is that nonsense going to do about any of that? Nothing. And then we say, we believe that we're right on the brink, amen, of God rapturing his church out of here. And if we believe that, why on earth does that nonsense have so much importance in the heart of God's people? See, brother, people tell me that I mean sometimes. I can't believe it, but they do. You know what I tell them at church? Don't come in the sanctuary talking about that nonsense. Amen. Go in the fellowship hall and talk about that, that, that junk. Don't walk in here where we're getting ready to worship God talking about that foolishness. Amen. We didn't grieve the spirit before we even get in here and give him time to move. Let me move on. 
verses 17 and 18, we'll just mention that. They're playing the game of, of, of power and politics. They're making alliances with Egypt, the world. The world, nor any other alliance, will protect you from God's judgment. Amen. Verses 21 and 22 says they become the wild vine. They're unruly. They're wicked. They're corrupt. And then verse 22 especially says about false repentance. It's superficial. It's, 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 it's surface. And many that are in sin will at best only seek superficial methods to try and get right. Like Pilate tried to wash his hands of Jesus. That ain't going to cut it, buddy. Judas tried to repent of himself, even gave back the money. And, and admit it that I've shed, uh, I've shed innocent blood. Not going to cut it. Esau sought for repentance carefully with tears and found none. Because he was all on the surface. They were guilty of sexual immorality. I'll say this again as I close. There was a survey taken not too long ago. You look at verses 22 and 23. Notice real quickly. Real, real quickly. I, I got to get this in. For though thou... Wash thee with nitre and, and thee with much soap. Yet thine iniquity is marked before me. I, I, we talked about that. Saith the Lord. Now watch verse 23. How can thou sayest, I am not polluted? I have not gone after Balaam. See the way in the valley. Know what thou hast done. Thou art, art a swift dromedary traversing her ways. A dromedary is an animal. A dromedary is a very sexually promiscuous animal. God said, you know what? My people are acting just like this wild animal. Amen. Some things that we ought to blush and be too ashamed to even look at, we readily engage when we sit in front of the TV and pipe all that wickedness into our homes. They got mad. I told them at that church I went to, I said, ain't no such thing as Christian rock music. What are you talking about? Ain't no such thing. Do you not realize the origin of rock and roll music? Do you not really know what that actually stood for? That had a sexual connotation to it. There couldn't be any such thing as Christian rock music. No way. It's the same as saying, well, I'm going to go down to the Christian nightclub tonight. Are you nuts? Hmm? Here's some Christian pornography. You've got to be out of your mind. But yet, I'm going to tell you something. The reason why we are not really messed up about this because, see, we've allowed immorality to go into the pulpit in independent Baptist churches for years. They ain't said nothing about it. Now, I don't get, I don't get invited to many places. Because, see, cause you know why? Because most independent Baptist churches got some little Baptist hero. And most of the time, he wasn't nothing but a whoremonger and a liar and an immoral man. But if you say anything about him, people be ready to fight you. Well, my Bible says that whoremongers go to hell. That's what my Bible teaches. Uh, amen. You got a real Bible, that's what yours says too. No, we applaud and applaud some joker that's been married five or six times. 
and talk about what a big Baptist hero he is. Or some man that it was common knowledge that he was immoral and an adulterer. And we laud and applaud them. Like they're some kind of spiritual giant. It's no wonder so many Baptists think Trump was some kind of angel. Uh-oh. I hit the sacred cow now. What are you talking about? The man's a whoremonger. The man's got a filthy mouth. The man's immoral. But he saved you a few dollars, so therefore he must be godly. Are you kidding me? No. 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 Some of you are getting mad now. I don't care. Because I'm going to stick to the Bible. I'm going to stick to God's word. See, this crowd that's going to walk with God and is going to do what God says has always been a small crowd. Don't get discouraged when you see all these empty seats in here. God's crowd has always been a small crowd. There has always just been a remnant. And now we're in the time where there's a remnant among the remnant. And some nut gets over here like me and tries to preach righteousness. You ready to get mad at him? I understand why John the Baptist got his head cut off. I, 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 I understand. Because I realize just how ungodly and wicked people can be under the guise and auspices of religion. John the Baptist looked at that man and told him, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. He lost his head over it, brother. Hmm? We act like now if somebody talks about us, we can't take it. The man lost his head for standing for the truth. What are you willing to sacrifice to stand for God's truth today? Or are you just going to do it in here? And then when you get out there, it's, well, now, see, I, oh, come on now. Come on. Hmm? You see, we need to take God's heed to God's message and his messenger time that I laugh and be turned into mourning. We need not hold back our tears, but most importantly, we need to turn from our sin to God. See, repentance is a change of heart, and it's a change of mind that will result in a change in one's actions. And the sad commentary is, I'm done right now. I got another page and a half of this, but but I'm done right now. The Lord's telling me I'm done. Repentance has almost become a cuss word in the average independent Baptist church. It's almost become a cuss word. And that's sad. That's really, really sad. All I know church is, is in these last and evil days that we have left, it is time for God's people to step across the line unashamedly and let the redeemed of the Lord say so.
who is on the Lord's side. Choose you this day whom you will serve. If you think it be evil to serve the Lord, because do you not realize that's exactly what's being said about us right now? Because if you really want to serve the Lord, you are being labeled as being evil. Yeah. It's time to decide. How long halt you between two opinions? If God be God, then follow him. But if Baal be God, then follow him. It's time to make your mind up. It's just that simple. Well, as God's people, it doesn't matter how backslidden you are. If you're truly one of God's people, no matter how far away you get from God, the one thing you can't do is lie about who God is for real. You know who God is. Amen. You know who he is. And you would never lie to anybody else about who he is. Well, it's time for you and I to get back to him. Amen. It's time to get back to our prayer closet. You want to know why all these queers have come out of their closet? Because you and I have come out of ours. When we forsook our closet, they got bold and came out of theirs. It's time to get back. Time to get back. Many today will shrug this off and say this ain't no big deal. And brother. But I'm a nut for Jesus. You're going to be a nut for something. I sure don't want it to be this old wicked. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy.